Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be talking about the actual process of crossing over, or the soul-releasing embodiment, and returning to the Akashics. Over the past few hundred years, since the advent of the undertaking profession, as well as long-term elder care facilities and hospitalization, the general public has become several steps removed from death and the dying process. We don't see it coming. Often we aren't there when it happens, and before we know it, the remains are whisked away, and we're left with nothing but a sense of loss and incompleteness. Unlike our ancestors and elders, we have no cultural map of what goes on with a person, no sense of the steps involved, the process, or any cultural support for the changes which occur afterward. We have a brief memorial, possibly some family time, and then it's over, like an amputation which we're too shocked to deal with, and yet we must. However, the dying process needn't be a mystery. Most professionals in the fields dealing with our elders, with the departing, and with their remains, are more than willing to talk with anyone who wishes to understand or learn more. And of course, the body and the soul are not separate units. They're two halves of a whole during the embodied life and strive to be in harmony with each other throughout the lifetime. They're intricately linked in a myriad of ways and cannot function without each other. Without a body, the soul has no means of interacting with the physical world, and a body without a soul is not animate. Any removal of a significant portion of the soul from the body for more than a fraction of linear time triggers the body's shutdown and dying process. This is a feature, not a flaw. Once the soul no longer inhabits the body, its purpose is complete, and it returns to its constituent components. Crossing over, the ending of life and return of the soul to the Akashics is, like any other process, unique to each individual and can be swift and to the point, stripped down to the essentials, or it can be a deep, thorough completion of the embodied life. For endings which are abrupt, such as accidents, swift-moving diseases, or violence, there are no preliminaries beforehand, no subtle transitions, no gentle slipping from one state to another. The body becomes unable to sustain the soul, which is therefore succinctly released to begin the transition back to the Akashics. In the case of a death which comes either naturally through aging or through prolonged illness, crossing over begins before the body has ended its functions. The soul will begin to remove themselves from the body, loosening the bonds with their corporeal form, somewhat like a snake loosens an old skin. The person begins to process the life lived, reconnecting with those who have passed over, 
speaking more and more directly with their guides, being what we would consider less lucid, and spending more time asleep or even falling into a coma as the release progresses. Those who do not wish to die may fight against this process with a ferocity and despair which can be agonizing to participate in. For most, dying is a gentle process, which allows the soul to adjust incrementally to their change in state. For those who are prepared to leave and whose bodies are still functioning well, if weakly, there can be lucid moments at the very end of life. These moments are amazing droplets of grace, where the soul is awakening to who they truly are, still holds the personality of the life which has been lived, and yet can see everyone they love as who they truly are, both in this life and as souls. Such love and compassion may be expressed in these moments when the person shines with the same love as that seen in the moments of birth. They are a blessing to all who are in their presence, and the moment can never be forgotten. We who experience them transition in this way are forever changed. Whether sudden or slow, through struggle or at peace, once the soul leaves the body, the process is the same even while the reactions vary. Many people have reported experiencing the beginnings of this process, which is called near-death experience or NDE. Their soul, this portion which is connected with the physical plane, begins to return to the Akashics. When we enter into an embodied life, we extend ourselves into the body, somewhat like stretching a rubber band between our thumb and forefinger. A small portion of the thumb end is extended into the body. The rest remains in the Akashics. The soul is not sectioned off, detached, or amputated, but remains whole. The majority of the soul which remains outside the body is what is commonly referred to as the higher self. This return, or crossing over, this bringing together of the fingers, can start with floating above the body, seeing the event from a completely different angle than the body and disconnected from it. The soul might also feel they have moved to the side. At some point, the soul will note their movement away from the physical plane, which is sometimes perceived as a tunnel or moving into a bright light. At the other end of this tunnel, souls can be met by a myriad of beings. Some meet with all of their loved ones who have predeceased them. These are most often their soul group members or members of other groups who have agreed to participate in this process because of the interactions the soul had with them during the lifetime just ended. It's also common for the soul to be met by their teacher, who can appear as a guru, a god figure such as Christ or Buddha, or as a beloved friend or family member. All of this is to gently help the soul reintegrate into their normal disembodied state. At this point, should the death not have been planned, if the body is still in functioning condition, if the soul has the ability to complete the life, 
The teacher will point out this option and help hold safe space for them to choose. Information is imparted to them to help them make an informed choice. And this is some of the most healing and joyous parts of near-death experiences. If the soul chooses to return, they retain memories of this and reintegrate into the body. If not, then they move on to the next stage of the process, where the soul may linger for what we experience as days, sometimes up to a week or longer, visiting loved ones, cleaning up loose ends, and staying connected with the memorial funeral process. Once the soul has ended contact with the physical world, moving through the tunnel or to the light, thereby returning to the Akashics, they are given time to reacclimate to life at home, which is like waking up from a very long sleep. Gradually, memories of where they are and who they are will return. Once this has occurred, the soul's teacher will invite the soul to a secluded place where they can sit with the soul's Akashic record or soul book and go through the embodied life, which has just occurred. This is what is thought of as a life review and includes adding in all the wisdom and understanding of plans, of roles, of contracts and reasons and overarching patterns and interconnections which the soul didn't have while the life was occurring. In this process, the soul relives the life, adding in all the telepathic and empathic information, which had been screened out during physical living. Once this review is complete, the soul returns to their existence in the Akashics wiser and more than they were before. One of the most common confusions about all of this is timing. We experience time as linear, the past falling behind the present, and the future unfolding in front of it. Yet the only place where time is linear is here. This is something which is very evident in the transitioning process. The moment the soul begins releasing from the body, time becomes unformed like melting plastic or stretched taffy. It folds on itself moves to its own rhythm, and does not match our linear structure. This is difficult to grasp and even difficult to describe. How I've outlined this process seems very linear, and the steps do move in the order I've related them, but how they connect to our sense of time is unique and varies from soul to soul. Once the soul has left the body, they can return to the Akashics immediately, linger in the room, or even around the family for hours or days. The trip through the tunnel can take seconds or hours or days. The time of integration can take days or weeks. Seclusion with a soul book can take five to nine months approximately, and it can seem to us as if these things are all going on at the same time, because time for us is linear, but for the rest of everything, it's not. This is why information from the departed, at least initially, can seem random, contradictory, come from multiple sources in multiple ways, and leave us more confused than consoled.
We're expecting the soul to act like a person balloon, floating and beyond our reach, but still acting corporeal and linear and exactly as they were personality-wise when they were with us. But like a caterpillar who has entered a cocoon, they are in the process of changing radically from one state to a something completely different. Their essential self is still there, but their nature as we've known it is not. We reach out to them as if they are still a caterpillar, but they've returned to their butterfly state, which is somewhat foreign to us. In practical terms, at the time when we most wish to connect or reconnect with our departed, they're usually in seclusion and not available to us. Mediums are a great help in this case because they're able to tune in to the guides of the soul, facets of their being which are not yet in seclusion, or have already come out, time not being linear, or to hear messages which have been waiting for someone to receive them. Once the soul becomes available in its entirety, we've usually grieved and accepted the notion that we'll never communicate with them again. Of course, we will when we go home, but most people don't care about this when they're grieving. This is why memorials, altars, and graveyards are so important. Not as a means of remembering the person, but of continuing the relationship. The ability to communicate with embodied beings is a difficult skill and one which very few souls acquire. Working with memorials altars, graveyards, and other representations of the person is like having a smartphone and being able to text. It allows for clearer, faster, two-way communication if they're able to utilize it. Like texts, the message may be abbreviated, garbled, or lost, but at least it's possible even if it is only a feeling, a scent, or a brief fragment of dream. For those who are interested in more information on what happens with souls once they've returned home to the Akashics, I recommend two books, both written by Michael Newton. The first is Journey of Souls, A Case Study of Life Between Lives, and then his follow-up, Destiny of Souls, New Case Studies of Life Between Lives. Crossing over is not a mysterious process. It happens to everyone. We come into this life, and we will eventually leave it. Our time here is brief, even if it sometimes doesn't feel this way. The more we practice loving each other at the end of life just as much as we love at the beginning, the easier it will be to maintain our interconnection. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be looking at ways to fulfill the purposes we have for living this embodied life and how we're often going about them backwards. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.